Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Magic Through My Eyes. If this is your first time at the podcast, welcome. My name is Andy, and Magic Through My Eyes is a podcast for the daydreamers about the magic and wonder of Disney in all its unique expressions from my perspective. And today on the show, we have a huge milestone to celebrate. I can't believe that I'm saying this, but as of yesterday... Magic Through My Eyes has been played over 1,000 times. So that's from the trailer to the episodes that I've released so far. It's been played over, the show overall has been played over 1,000 times. And that just, oh my gosh, it blows my mind, number one, that like that's even happened. And I'm just so excited. And the fact that people are wanting to listen to this is just so encouraging and it's just been a very rewarding process. Um, It has not been easy at times but you know nothing worth doing is easy in my opinion. So thank you guys seriously for those who are listening for the first time or if you've been around since the trailer was released since episode one. um, I just want to say thank you because literally these plays wouldn't be possible without you. So it has actually been uh, a while since I've gotten to record an episode. It's been about a month, and I'm just so excited to be back in the saddle. So thank you today for coming along with me in the little podcast corner of my world for a new journey, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, But before we actually move forward, um, I like to take a look back and talk about uh, our previous episodes. And the last episode I did, we finally together delved into the world of Pixar films, which was just such a blast. And I sat down with my brother-in-law, Joseph, and we did a film review of Ratatouille. And it was amazing. So much fun. Really in-depth really um, entertaining and engaging conversation. And it was just such a blast to put that episode together. So if you haven't listened to that one, you will find it just previously to this episode. And it would mean a lot to me if you took a listen. And plus, talking about Pixar, I mean, come on, it's the very best. So now moving forward, uh, besides the Pixar episode, uh, the last episode, the Ratatouille episode, um, I've been focusing more on Disney Parks-centered episodes, and I think that is largely due to the fact that I've just been missing going to the parks. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's officially been over two years since I've stepped foot in a Disney park. And <laughs> genuinely, it, it makes me sad. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit <laughs> every time I think about that. Um, but with just like the craziest seasons that I've been through in the last two years, and I mean crazy in a good way, getting married, moving to a new home, starting a new job, and then obviously in the midst of shutdowns and things like that, it just like wasn't the right time for me or my family to go. And so how I have been curbing my appetite is by doing episodes like this and talking about some of my most very favorite things within Disney parks. And so today... We're going to delve into another park-centered episode by starting a new ongoing mini-series within the podcast that I am affectionately referring to as Attractions Appreciation. Uh, These will be shorter episodes where I'll be discussing with you some of my favorite Disney attractions of all time. And today, we're going to talk about one of my very favorite attractions, which is the Storybook Land Canal Boats at Disneyland. This is one of those attractions that 
some people, you know, just maybe don't even know exist or don't remember. And I think it's high time to give it some credit because it is an incredible little attraction. So let's talk about it, Storybook Land. So you may be asking, what is Storybook Land? It isn't the most popular attraction, but it is just dear and beloved. So I want you to picture this with me. You can close your eyes if you want (laughs) to enhance the imagination. You've entered Disneyland. You're walking through Main Street, USA. And then right in front of you is the beloved Sleeping Beauty Castle in all of her glory. You decide to walk on through, and then you begin to hear the hubbub of activity and laughter and giggles and all of the most wonderful, wonderful things in the most magical place at Disneyland. Welcome to Fantasyland. Peter Pan's flight is on your right, and then straight ahead is King Arthur's carousel. You keep moving forward and past Mr. Toad's wild ride, and then right ahead slightly to your left, just across from the Mad Tea Party ride. You see a white and red lighthouse and beautiful bushes, which are spelled out to read Storybook Land. We have arrived! (laughs) Storybook Land is just one of the most charming attractions that you could ever ride in a Disney park. As its full name implies, the Storybook Land Canal Boats, this is a boat ride where you, along with a cast member who narrates your journey, go through an adventure together in a world of miniatures inspired by some of the most classic Disney animated films that we know and love. Each building is scaled one inch to one foot, and you even get to hear some of the music from the film sets that you get to see on the attraction. It's about six minutes long and truly goes by so quickly. So what's so fun about this one is it's actually all outdoors. Uh, It's kind of like the mad tea party, things like that. You really get to see the open air, the beautiful sky, and then you ride in these boats and it's just so fun. So the ride actually begins with your boat passing through the mouth of Monster the Whale from Pinocchio. So that's probably something else you will see and notice when you first step up to the attraction. And now you don't get trapped inside Monstro. You are actually just passing through and then are welcomed into storybook land. And you get to see some of the most iconic landmarks and structures from movies such as Cinderella, Aladdin, uh, Mr. Toad. What's that movie called? Uh, Or his segment of the film is The Wind in the Willows from the film The Adventures of Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad, Um, Pinocchio, and a lot of others as well. And what's so fun with this is there's actually another attraction that rides through Storybook Land uh, while both attractions are going simultaneously, and that is the Casey Jr. Circus Train. So right next to Storybook Land is Dumbo the Flying Elephant, which is that ride where you get inside Dumbo and you fly around. And then right next to that is the Casey Jr. Circus Train. So Casey Jr. Circus Train, their route is in the middle of Storybook Land, which is just really cool. So it almost feels like you're getting to ride two attractions at the same time. Now, I don't want to tell you every single little thing about Storybook Land because I want to leave that a surprise for you whenever, let's say, you get to go to Disneyland and ride it for yourself for the first time. Now, genuinely, is this an episode of Magic Through My Eyes if we don't talk about the history, the making of? Of course not. So we got to talk about the history about Storybook Land. Now, to 
kind of get into it. I, <laughs> I've recently been reading a book called The Vault of Walt by a man named Jim Corcus. And in that book, he tells all kinds of stories about Walt Disney's life, um, many that have never been heard before, some things about his favorite hobbies. Uh, this man, uh, Mr. Corcus, has devoted at least part of his career to studying the life of Walt Disney and um, reading personal accounts, personal letters, all these different things. And he's literally created full stories by putting different pieces of the big puzzle of his life together. Um, and so this book is very interesting. Um, and Walt's daughter, uh, Diane Disney Miller, this man used to have a blog before he wrote the book. She one time read an article in his blog and she realized that this man knew stories about her dad that she didn't even know. So it's really fascinating. And uh, one of the first things that he talks about in this book was Walt's love of miniatures. Um, it was a big hobby and pastime of his. And of course, like all of his hobbies and stuff, he wanted to be able to incorporate it into his work. So the concept of this ride actually goes all the way to back before Disneyland was even in the picture. The concept... Uh, goes back to when Walt actually wanted to make a magical little park um, across the street from the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. So it was just going to be a, a smaller, probably half-day type thing um, and place to go. But the city of Burbank uh, denied the proposal, and so the whole small park project was scrapped and abandoned. And then it was then that Walt started planning for Disneyland. So it was actually in the small park project idea that Walt wanted to do a miniature display or attraction. And Walt, now for Disneyland, he wanted to create a canal boat ride inspired by Maduradom, which is a miniature city in the Netherlands, excuse me, that he once visited. The attraction was going to be called, and I apologize if my pronunciation is wrong, Lilliputian land or Lilliputian land, something like that. However, they didn't have the right technology to create the miniatures needed to stage the attraction. So the boat ride ended up being opened and was called Canal Boats of the World, where you can guess you visited different world famous landmarks, but as miniatures. Sadly, this attraction had many, many issues, including really bad landscaping problems and was affectionately named the Mud Bank Ride. <laughs> so you can imagine all of these canals that are just supposed to be with water started filling up with mud and it's ugh, it just, it was a mess, sadly. So after two months, the attraction was shut down and then Storybook Land was constructed. With all that mud that plagued the original attraction, they were able to better landscape it with miniature plants, including a bonsai tree that Walt planted himself, which is really cool. Also, I know I'm going back and forth with like miniature and miniature. I really like saying miniature, so it's fun. <laughs> Um, and the idea of Monstro opening the attraction was from another ride that was envisioned but never constructed. So they just borrowed from that and decided to put it into storybook land. And I think that that is a really cool touch for this attraction. Um, it really personalizes the experience and makes you feel that you're truly entering a fantastical place that only Disney could create. Uh, the original attraction has been updated throughout the years to include landmarks from newer films uh, since Storybook Land has been around since June of 1956. The original films that were included, though, were The Three Little Pigs, uh, 
The Silly Symphonies were short films and The Three Little Pigs were stars of those. Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, The Old Mill, which is an old Silly Symphony cartoon, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and Cinderella. Now, the attraction was reimagined in 1994 and added some of our favorite films from the Renaissance, like Aladdin and The Little Mermaid. And then 20 years later, they added Arendelle from Frozen to Storybook Land, which I also really, really love that touch. Because as Walt Disney once said, um, Disneyland will never be complete as long as there's imagination left in the world. And so beloved attractions sometimes will be not completely reconstructed, but just added to something's kind of changed around uh, to continue the celebration of Disney films that are still being made. Disneyland is alive um, and will constantly be changing. So I love that they added things like uh, scenes from Aladdin or from Frozen. So that's a little overview of the history and kind of what Storybook Land is. So you literally just get in your boat and then... A cast member actually narrates the whole story with you, and you go through and you get to see all these sweet miniatures. Um, And it's really fun to see those places that we've seen two-dimensionally or three-dimensionally on a screen come to life, that they're actually tangible and not that you, it's not safe to like reach out and touch them, but like they're concrete, real, and not just drawings anymore. There are no characters in the ride, though, so it's literally just all the scenes and the settings, um, and it's fun to see them on such a small scale. So I want to talk to you a little bit about my favorite moments on this attraction. So let's start at the beginning with Monstro. Um, This is just like a really captivating and eye-catching way to start an attraction. Um, You kind of feel like a little scared and like vulnerable, but in a good way, like a mysterious kind of way going through. And like once you go inside, you can see like the inside of his mouth and they sculpted inside this tunnel really, really well. Uh, So you really feel like plus there's the water underneath you. And so... You're like, oh my gosh, I'm underwater and I'm in Monstro's mouth. It's just, it's really great um, the way that they designed it. And what's really fun is the eyes are on the sides of his face, um, on either side of his face. And um, they're actually animated. So you can see them opening and closing sometimes, which is really cool. Um, So kind of, I may be going a little bit out of order, but I'm just going to do like my highlights, my most favorite things. Um, I think one of my very favorite moments in the attraction is um, actually there's like this whole like Aladdin segment of the attraction. First you go through and you see the palace in Agrabah um, and then you go to the left and you're carried um, to be journeying underneath these beautiful landscaped twinkling arches that of course are shining shimmering and splendid to signify the journey that Aladdin and Jasmine took soaring over sideways and under on their magic carpet ride to a whole new world and as you're going through your narrator cast members telling you all these beautiful things and I yes I did take some of the script from what they use because I just think it's brilliantly written and then the music from a whole new world is playing underneath and you just like I mean, there's nothing better than a really captivating Alan Menken score. Um, And he was the one, obviously, who scored that moment in the movie. And it's just like, oh, it's so captivating. And I get chills every time I think about it or when I'm on the attraction. It would just like, oh, man, it's so magical. Um, I, yeah, 
always chills. And I would actually love to ride Storybook Land at night because during the day, it's kind of hard to see the twinkling lights on those arches. Um, but at night, obviously, you'd get to see them really clearly. And I, I love the way that Disney stages and um, uses lighting in their attractions. And I would love to see that more um, on one of their outdoor attractions like Storybook Land, um, how they would be able to create a similar or a unique nighttime effect. Um, so Storybook Land, here's a little tip for you. Storybook Land always closes during fireworks. And so I think what I may do next time I go to Disneyland is stay in Fantasyland for fireworks and get in line for Storybook Land uh, while the fireworks show is going so that as soon as the fireworks are over, I can just step right on Storybook Land and go on my magical boat ride. So anyway, I can't wait to do that. So from there, actually, you go through these beautiful arches and then you go into almost another tunnel like when you first enter in Monstro, the whale's mouth, um, and you get to see the Cave of Wonders and the magic lamp, of course. Um, so that's a really fun part of the attraction as well and just uh, serves as a great transition to the rest of the storytelling um, in the attraction because the Aladdin segment of uh, this ride is, I think, about halfway through. Um, I already mentioned this, but the narration is super creative. It's fun. It's simple. Um, I love when cast members can put their own spin on things. Um, it kind of feels reminiscent of the Jungle Cruise in that sense, because it is a boat ride. You're guided by a narrator cast member. Um, but what's very interesting um, with Storybook Land is it's not like they're on a track or anything. Um, each cast member drives and steers the boats um, as you go through. So just a, a shout out to the cast members on this ride because they do an amazing job. Um, another thing that I love about this ride is the multiple levels of movement. Um, Walt Disney talked about this and it's really been intentional in the design of Disney parks throughout the years. But think about the original Tomorrowland where um, you had like the Sky Tram going through the Matterhorn and going into uh, Tomorrowland. And then you had the People Mover, which was kind of a middle range, um, like it was above your sight line, um, but not as high as the Skyliners. And then you had the Monorail, which went all the way around. So it was like multiple levels of movement happening. And then, of course, um, the people moving and walking beneath that. Um, and you get some of that effect here in Storybook Land because... You've got the boats that are moving ground level, and then you've got the Casey Jr. Circus Train, um, which is moving at a higher level um, and, like, above your natural sight line because uh, you kind of got to look up a little bit sometimes to see the train. And then the canal boats are going under bridges, and the train is going, like, traveling across those bridges. And then, of course, kind of in the middle, right in your sight line, is all of the places uh, that are sculpted, uh, the miniatures in the attraction. So I I love that aspect of the attraction because like there's always something to see and always something new to see. And then it's so fun. Um, a lot of times you'll see guests and cast members who are on Casey Jr. or the Storybook Land Boats. Uh, they'll be waving to each other as they cross each other, uh, which is, again, just so fun. Um, and there's like obviously you've got the narrator who's telling you the whole story and then you've got music from the films at the same time. There's just like this ride is really well designed, even though there's not a single character 
um, in it, like a classic dark ride, like Pirates of the Caribbean or Peter Pan's Flight, something like that. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really well designed. Um, another part that I love, they do incorporate Peter Pan into this ride, but not in a way you would think. There's just a long, I don't know what else to call it besides a median almost. And um, there's just like this long stretch and it is London Park. So instead of it being like a scene from like Neverland, um, they just created London Park. So it feels very realistic. Um, And then there's that Peter Pan statue like there is in London. And it's just like really quaint and very simple um, and a little understated. Um, But I love that that aspect of the attraction. I think that's wonderful. There is a great uh, moment with this whole scene from Cinderella. It includes her house where she lives with her evil stepmother and stepsisters. And then you also see like this whole countryside with multiple homes. And then you see the big castle at the very top of the hill. And then there's actually a bridge where you can see there's a pumpkin up there, which is um, her stagecoach that turned into a pumpkin before she was able to get back home just like it happens in the movie um so there's just an extreme attention to detail in this attraction obviously um and I love that little detail um in the Cinderella moment because it just even though nothing in the ride is moving besides the boats you feel so much movement um even in these static miniatures just because the way that they're staged Um, You can really feel the movement of the moment. You know, sometimes when you look at a photo and you can tell like people are walking in the photo or there's just a lot going on, like you can sense the movement, even though it's not a video. That's how the whole attraction feels. And especially um, in this Cinderella moment. So I love that. Um, All of the plants in the attraction, like I mentioned, the mini plants, like the bonsai tree that Walt had planted, um, there's a lot. I don't have a number, but it's got to be in the thousands. Um, And all of the plants are 100% real. And thanks to Tinkerbell and a little bit of her pixie dust, they never ever have to grow up. And I just think that's the most charming thing. (laughs) Um, I just, yeah. And again, it just brings an interesting, unique life to the attraction. So moving on to some more, I feel like I'm kind of rapid firing these, but I'm just so excited. I have to keep talking about this ride. Um, I think potentially my favorite Disney castle of all time in a movie is Prince Eric's castle from The Little Mermaid. And I think it's it's just really well designed. Um, And it's one of the scenes in storybook land it's one of the actually the last scenes in storybook land and i love just seeing that castle come to life um there are a couple um castles like i believe it's the castle in arendelle and then prince eric's castle um that have that have like docks and there are ships attached to them um and again it just brings this movement to the attraction of like oh my gosh like what if what if these characters were to pop out in this miniature world um and it just feels very realistic with having the the beautifully designed boats um, and ships uh, there. So I I think that is a highlight for sure for me. Um, and I have to circle back to the cast members. They are just incredible at multitasking because 
they are steering the boats, they're driving the the whole story forward, um, and they're also narrating the whole thing. And they're like, what's so fun because these boats aren't on tracks or anything. Um, you actually have to be pretty careful about how you enter the boats um, and have an equal amount of people on both sides so that the boat doesn't tip. Um, and so they're doing a lot. They're doing traffic control. They're doing balance control. Um, and then they're also narrating this whole beautiful story. So they do an incredible job on this attraction. People always talk about the skippers on the Jungle Cruise, which I know I brought up earlier, which absolutely deserve the credit that they get. But I don't think enough credit comes uh, or goes, I should say, to the narrators of Storybook Land. So I wanted to shout them out. Um they are incredible. And you guys know this. The magic of Disney parks is largely due to the work that cast members do every day to continue to make these places the most magical in all the world. And I really see that at play um, in Storybook Land. And another thing about the cast members, their costumes for this attraction are beautiful. They wear these like green khaki type uh, pants or shorts, uh, depending on the weather or their preference. Um and they have these beautiful white collared shirts, uh, but they're like these really nice uh, elaborate collars. It kind of reminds me of Pinocchio um, in a way. Um, and then it's got this beautiful embroidery stitched uh, like pattern all over it. And it it feels very like old classic vintage, like style wise. Um, and it really welcomes you into the nostalgic atmosphere of the ride. Um, and yeah, they're like I had mentioned, like their costumes remind me of Pinocchio. And I totally forgot to mention this. There is the whole Alpine village where Geppetto lives, Geppetto and Pinocchio live in this attraction. And oh my gosh, it is spectacular. You know that scene in Pinocchio where it's this one beautiful continuous shot after um, Pinocchio comes to life and Geppetto's about to take him to school and you like see the whole town. You see boys and girls getting out for school. It, I think it starts on there's like a church bell that's ringing and these doves fly across and then you just zoom into the town all the way up until you get to Geppetto's um, like workshop. And it's gorgeous. Um, and they uh, bring that whole shot to life in this attraction. So it's a really big display. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just gorgeous. And again, like, there are no, like, miniature characters um, on this ride. But you see Geppetto's uh, little workshop. And you just, you want to go knock on the door and see if mini Geppetto and Pinocchio are inside. It's it's stunning. Um, and the, the cast members do an excellent job of highlighting that part. Um, in their explanation and narration of, of the whole attraction. So this would be, this is something that I thought would be really fun to include on this like format for attractions appreciation. Um, asking the question, what would I change in the attraction? Um, and I don't think I would take anything away because I like having the, the callbacks to things like Mr. Toad's um, like whole manor and house and things like Pinocchio. And then there's this whole beautiful, what they call like a flower quilt um, of like, or a bunch of plants from uh, one of the old Silly Symphony cartoons and um, things like that. I really like that they keep those in the attraction uh, because it reminds us of like the legacy of Disney. Um, but I would love to actually add a couple of things. So I wouldn't take anything away. I would just um, maybe 
if there's a way to add space or to stage more strategically all of these pieces together. Um, but I think something that's missing from this attraction is um, some like movies from that late 60s to 70s, maybe early 80s era of Disney animation, movies like uh, Robin Hood. How cute would it be to add Sherwood Forest or something like that to this attraction? Um, and then the other one that came to mind was Winnie the Pooh. Like, think about how stinking cute it would be to add Pooh Bear's house, you know, with, um, it has... Under the name of Sanders, uh, the name Sanders written in gold letters above Pooh's front door. You know, how cute would that be? And then maybe having like Eeyore's little stick house um, close by and just doing like a little Winnie the Pooh moment, I think would um, be it would just amp up the charm of, of this attraction in, in a big way. Because uh, what they really try to exemplify in this attraction is like classic settings. Um, Disney castles, obviously, I think that having Aladdin and that whole moment with the Palace of Agrabah is like the perfect thing to put in an attraction like this, because it's one of the most iconic Disney settings that I can think of. Um, and so something like a Pooh Bear moment, I think would be pretty iconic. Um, maybe Sherwood Forest, not as much, but we got to give a shout out to Sherwood Forest and we got to get Robin Hood in Disney parks more. I love that movie, um, especially because of my brother. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, and then I think one more thing I would add, I love that they added some settings and places from the Disney Renaissance. Um, but I would love to add one more and it wouldn't be a castle. Um, I would love to add a miniature version of Notre Dame Cathedral to this attraction. Just imagine like... Maybe it could be some uh, one of the things that or settings that you see as you pass under one of the bridges and then you just hear the church bells, the ding dong, ding dong, you know, and then the narrator could be like, as you can hear, the bells of Notre Dame, Quasimodo is hard at work, waking up the city and then you just see this beautiful replica of Notre Dame. Um, I think that would be stunning. Um, of course, like uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame is a, a total classic um, for me, and it is one of my favorite Disney animated films. So I've got to shout it out here. Um, and again, because of the idea of like classic Disney settings, this is one that is a little like not as remembered maybe, um, but I think it would be unique in that it's not a Disney castle, um, but it, it feels grand like a Disney castle. Um, so I think that would be really fun. So those would maybe be the things that I would change slash add uh, to this attraction. So who knows? Disney, if you're listening, <laughs> you never know. So um, is it just me? Or does anybody else want to go to Disneyland today? Because, oh, I'm all up in my storybook land feels. It truly, it may be my favorite Disney attraction ever. Um, I kind of alternate and go back and forth. Like Peter Pan's Flight is right up there too. Um, and yeah, I just love Disneyland attractions specifically. And what's so fun about storybook land is it's been around in some iteration or form since the beginning of Disneyland um and then because the old attraction um canal boats of the world uh didn't end up working out it sorry I'm getting ahead of myself storybook land opened within a year of Disneyland opening so it really has been around since pretty much the beginning um and 
there's just a lot of like nostalgia that I feel in that sense. Kind of like what I talked about in my Disneyland walkthrough episode. Oh, which I will link in the uh, the show notes. So that way you guys can listen if you haven't gotten to. Um, it feels like that feeling of, wow, like Walt probably rode this attraction many, many times. His handiwork is in the attraction itself because he planted one of the plants that's in the attraction. Um, it just makes me think about that. And it's just simple. And I love it. Um, I have so enjoyed putting this episode together, doing research, recording it, and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to it. I'm definitely going to challenge myself to do something magical for myself today to make me feel like I'm at Disneyland riding Storybook Land. Uh, One of my favorite ways to do that actually is by watching uh, Disney attractions on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it's super easy. You just search for basically any Disney attraction that you can think of and people will film like from their perspective um, as they ride the attractions so that we as the YouTube audience can uh, experience those. So um, I highly recommend doing that. Um, And if you've never ridden Storybook Land before, if you want to leave it a surprise and do it in person, I highly recommend that. But of course, you can always look that up too. And I'll include a link of one of my favorite uh, YouTube videos of that in the show notes as well. Um, And then one more thing I want to include in the show notes is one of my Disneyland playlists that I've put together on Spotify. Um, Several years ago, my sister and I got to go on a trip to Disneyland uh, that was helped by like or funded by friends of mine um, as a birthday gift to me and I put together a playlist for that trip and it is just like turned into my ultimate Disney playlist but especially Disneyland it has Disneyland like inspiration and emphasis Um, so I will include that as well so you can include a little bit of the magical sounds of Disney into your day Um, I could golly go on and on about this it's it's just so fun. I love the Storybook Land Canal Boats, and I could talk about it all day. And you know what? I'm probably going to go watch that <laughs> another like YouTube video of it today um, because it's just such a magical place, and I definitely visit it as many times as I can. And a plus, because it's not the most popular attraction within Fantasyland at Disneyland, it usually doesn't have a horrible wait time either. So if you are going, make time for Storybook Land. You will not regret it. And yeah, thank you guys so much uh, for stopping by this little podcast corner of my world. I... I hope you've enjoyed your stay and that you've enjoyed uh, hanging out with me as much as I've enjoyed hanging out with you today. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears open for more episodes coming very, very soon. Uh, This has been just a crazy month, a lot of life happening, so I'm so happy to be back and know that more episodes are coming very, very soon. I love you guys so much. Like I always say, you are so loved and cherished. I hope that you have the most magical day, and I'll see you real soon.